This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Kicking off hour two. More Flames talk following a 4-1 loss. The defending Stanley Cup champions come in and, well, they looked like the defending Stanley Cup champions. Brutal first period for the Calgary Flames. Find yourself down 3-0. You gotta climb out a hole that isn't gonna happen very easily. Colorado, despite not having Kale McCarr, still knows how to hold on to a lead. And the Flames start off this four game homestand and five games before the NHL's All Star break with a loss. And a loss to a team that is currently trailing them for a wild card spot in the Western Conference. Uh, Logan Gordon along with you. Outstanding production team of Cam and Taylor in the other room. Uh, Alex Brody from Brody on the Beats hanging out this afternoon as well. So what went wrong last night from the Calgary Flames? Not ready to play. Other team was extremely ready to play. Not enough pushback. Daryl Sutter trying to light a fire under his group post-game. We'll hear from him in just a few moments. But much as much as last year for this team, and I, I hate going back to it because it's it's entirely different. The conversation has changed, but it's really the best. I think it's the, the easiest place to go to find comparables and to build off of, or try to build off of what this team was last year and compare that, that might be entirely unfair to the group because they are so different and clearly, I don't want to say are struggling in, in, in a lot of areas, but expectations got perhaps out of hand for what this group was going to be. And last year, one of the things that that Daryl Sutter talked about and was able to bring to his group was that day-to-day effort, the understanding of an identity. And for the regular season and for the first round of the playoffs, that went really well for the Calgary Flames. I think you can remember pretty easily last year that the Calgary Flames were going to come out with a good, strong effort. We're going to be hard on the forecheck. We're going to be tight defensively. This year, I really can't tell you on a day-to-day basis what this team is going to be, and that's another one of those frustrating things. Because last night, and... The guys aren't going to use this as an excuse. I know Tyler Toffoli was asked about in the locker room. We were talking to him last night. 
that first game back from a long road trip. They only had a day in between coming back from Nashville and then playing Colorado last night. That's that's what every NHL team goes through. Yeah, that's a cliche that these guys aren't going to find acceptable. After a disappointing game against Nashville, I really thought this group would have put forward a better effort against Colorado. Is it the fact that they look at a team like the Avalanche and say, hey, look, there's no Landis Cog, there's no Makar, we got that news mid-afternoon, and is it a, a, a sense of this team going you know, a bit mentally weak in that, in that area when they hear things like that on the other side? I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's worth wondering right now because there's no reason for them to approach the game like they did yesterday in that manner. Yes, there was no Makar. Yes, there was no Landis Cog, Bowen Byram and Josh Manson were still out. But look at who dominated that game. Miko Rantanen dominated that game. Nathan McKinnon was unbelievable. Arturi Lekin, these are all still good players and ones that shouldn't have been taken as lightly as they were last night. And I think the, the even more concerning part for me is, and a, a good caller brought this up with Pat on uh, the Flamestock postgame show, which you can hear on all of our podcast feeds uh, if you wanted to go back and listen, is the understanding from this team as to who they are just doesn't seem to be there. Because if, if I was this group, and given what I've seen so far, and given what's you know been drilled in by the coaching staff, you're not a high-scoring team, you're going to deal with these one-goal games, you want to get out in front of that, don't you? Don't you want to be the team that gets out to a one- or a two-goal lead yourself and tries to find a way to you know grind that out through the game instead of this team just isn't built to come back from... Three nothing. I don't care if it's Colorado or Dallas or whoever. They're just not built that way. Now, in response to that, you would say, look at the Dallas game on the road trip where they did get out to a big lead and almost squandered it. And I'd say, look, that's a fair, that's a fair point. They haven't exactly been the best team down the stretch this year either. There's a lot of worry here because for all the talk of this team needing a strong top six scoring option here, I don't know that they defend well enough as a group to have that conversation yet. And there was a lot of frustration last night on that Flamestock post-game show with Pat. There's a lot of frustration in the locker room uh, from guys who just didn't have answers as to why they weren't ready for last night's game. and. Uh, there's a lot of people in the text line right now at nine six zero nine six zero, and we'll we'll talk about those throughout the segment here. If you you know want to have your voice heard on it, the fan feedback line is always open to you nine six zero nine six zero. We'll hear from some of the guys post game and then go through the text line. But yeah, it's a frustrating stretch last night. Uh, we'll start by hearing from head coach Daryl Sutter. He spoke to the media last night for about four minutes or so. Um, lots of different topics here. There's a, an interesting phrase that he uses that I, I think he's trying to challenge his team with. 
that we'll, we'll talk about on the other side. But here it is, uh, following last night's loss to the Colorado Avalanche, uh, head coach Daryl Sutter uh, speaking to the media in the Ed Whalen Media Lounge. What was the problem in the first period? Cup beat the champions twice in one year. Big difference. Wasn't first. Wasn't the first period. Pretty, pretty all throughout the game, I'd say. Was the team not ready in your eyes? Yeah, I think we were as ready as we could be. They're, they're the champions. So they, got, they had 13 guys in the lineup tonight that won the Stanley Cup last year. We had one. Big difference. They know how to. They did. We're still very much in the show me stage. What did they do that was so effective in the Nothing. first period? Nothing in particular. I mean, the first the first goal is that we win the face-off and we pass the puck to him twice. We won the face-off. So we should have got both assists on the goal. And then we, then the second goal is down in their zone. We lose the face-off. They get a two-on-one out of it. And then, then the third one's power play goal, right? That bounce goal, I think, wasn't it? So pretty difference in, it's like a different class. That's for sure. Did you like that your team responded in the next 40 minutes no, of the I didn't. game? No, I didn't. The greatest coach in the history of the game told me once sometimes it's better to get beat 9 1. That different class you mentioned, is that a wake up call for your group? No, I don't think so. I think we know, I think I got a pretty good idea where our team's at. And we're in the middle of the pack and we're not in their class. I said it this morning, if you were listening to us, about their team, and that's what it is. It's a big difference. Were you happy with the overall effort level and compete in battle tonight, or? Sure. If you think it was there, then you just say that. What, when a game goes like this, does this give you further? Uh, it's not easy to come home from a long trip, right? You get the champions coming in, and you're coming back. So it's not easy, right? So you can't spot a team like that. Two goals. Those are goals like when five guys are lined up there and five guys are lined up there and they score off, right? That's just like me starting at the late and going first. So you can't spot teams of that caliber, right? Were there a few people, their efforts tonight, that maybe they might be considered to be taken out of the lineup? Don't have a 30-man roster and you have a salary cap. So if you want to... <laughs> You guys, you guys did this three years or two years ago when I came here. You guys were all expectations and who should play with who and all that, Eric. And you know that as well as I do. And who's not producing and who is and who's popular and all that. You know what? I've been around long enough to understand that it's a long season and it's hard to make the playoffs. They said it last year. It's very hard to make the playoffs. So we're just there's got to be some structure in our game and. And uh, I won't let anything deter me from that. Did you consider taking Markstrom out? Tonight? Yeah. No. Not a chance. I mean, our goal is after, uh, after, you know, after 20 games, our goalies were at a 15 game and a five game start thing. And since then, we've been pretty even. So uh, if you look at it, it's pretty even. and. And their save percentages are almost identical, and their goals actually Markstrom has a better goals against since the 20th game than than Vladar does. So I'm not going to base that. I'm not going to take him out tonight to try and give the team a spark. That's for sure. 
There you go. That's the head coach, Daryl Sutter, speaking to the media post-game last night following the Flames' 4-1 loss to Colorado. And there's some interesting things that, that people have taken from there. And there's a level of frustration with the coach. That came out, again, social media, text line, phone calls, whatever way you can express it. There's frustration sometimes in the answers. Uh, although I know Daryl's a very calculated guy when it comes to the answers he gives, there's always a purpose to what he's trying to do there. I think a lot of people were taken aback by the Colorado's in a different class than we are. I look at that as, as Daryl trying to push buttons on his team, try to get some fire out of his group. You know, come back at me. Prove to me that I'm I'm wrong. Show me you are in that in that class. Now, if they're going to play like they did last night in the first twenty minutes, then they aren't in that class. And it doesn't matter what the coach says or what the group does. If that's 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 as honest as I can be. Is if the first twenty minutes of last night's game gets repeated it, with any sort of regularity going forward, then then we have to reassess where this team is. I think expectations for this group were were high heading into the season. Were they expected to be in a class with a, a Colorado? I I don't know about that. This is a team that that hasn't gotten out of the second round. Colorado's won a Stanley Cup. To me, that's still a different class. But I, I that's how I read it. I know some people have disagreed and. I've looked at a lot of what Daryl said last night as excuses. I thought his answer to Eric's question was an interesting one where Eric asked him, hey, are there guys that you'd like to bring out of the lineup following an effort like that? And as Daryl says, you can't have 30 guys on the roster with a salary cap. So probably an indication that he'd like to have moved some guys in and out, but doesn't have as many options as he'd like. Now, of course, the biggest option that we're sitting here now is the option that was in the press box again last night, and is Jacob Peltier finally going to get an opportunity in week two of his call-up to finally play? That, I think, is is right now where a lot of frustration comes from the fan base. And I understand it. I'm in the same... I'm in the same category. I, I've wondered if Matthew Phillips can produce at a similar level or even close to a similar level at the NHL since he started putting up these numbers in the American Hockey League. I could be proven wrong, but the fact of the matter is is the two games that he got into earlier this season in limited ice time wasn't enough to prove anybody right or wrong. And as I've pointed out before, too, I don't know how many teams bring up Jacob Peltier and in a two-week span don't play him once. I just don't know that there's enough guys going for this group that you can't say, look, we, we can't find a way to get Jacob in the lineup. So it's frustrating. I don't, I, I don't know what the answer is. I don't... 
I don't know that this means Jacob immediately jumps into the lineup, but it's a frustrating time right now. Some of the texts at 960-960 before uh, we hear from Blake Coleman. He spoke to the media last night as well. Uh, this one says that anecdote from Sutter holds true. Back in 1819, they lost 9-1 or 9-2 to the Penguins and were having a terrible start to the season. Look at what happened following that. Yeah, sometimes I think, and and Blake Coleman said something similar, but I I think Daryl's anecdote about sometimes it's better to lose 9-1. I, maybe this team did need a, a kick in the teeth more than just 20 minutes. Maybe getting your ass kicked would have helped a little bit more. Now, now Blake says, as you'll hear in the next moment here, they got their ass kicked anyways. But I, I don't even know if that really changes things. I, don't, I really don't know if a beating like that changes what this group is right now. Uh, Kevin texts in says, when is Daryl going to start taking responsibility for his poor coaching decisions of playing Markstrom? The guy has lost his confidence and is losing games for the Flames. Another goalie doesn't allow early goals and keeps his team in it. Also, note, bring up young guys, start building the future. The Flames will likely make the playoffs, but would establish a better future. I am so far out to lunch on any of these takes from last night as far as Jacob Markstrom goes. Has Dan Vladar been better? Yes. But it didn't matter if it was Dan Vladar or Dominic Hasek in last night. The team in front of him gave him no help. They got worked last night in the first period. The first goal, maybe, maybe you would have liked him to make a stop on. That's also a guy who's just scored his third straight 30-goal season in Miko Rantanen. I just don't know how you would walk out of last night and say that was a Jacob Markstrom one and that was on the coach for putting him in. The whole team stunk up the joint for 20 minutes to start the game. What does that have to do with Jacob Markstrom? He had absolutely no help. The puck was not getting out of their own zone. They had a great entry on a power play that led to some great scoring opportunities. The conversation of Jacob Markstrom and, and Dan Vidar on a whole, sure, I'll, I'll have that one. But last night, please, they had 15 other problems to deal with last night that didn't even start with Jacob Markstrom. Uh, this text says, hi, Logan, longtime listener. Absolutely no urgency last night. I mean, knowing that Edmonton is back on track and this being another four-point game, they looked old and slow. How do they expect fans to keep watching and paying with that sort of effort? I just don't see enough heart. This text says, team and fans already over Sutter. This one says, please, Daryl, put Michael Stone on the power play right where Alex Ovechkin stands and let him shoot bullets. I think they're they're different, but I, I get the sentiment, I guess. Uh, this one says, Daryl had all the excuses yesterday. Avs have more people with cups. This text says, I agree about the defense. Early in the season, I saw the defense going uh, er deep every second play. Now it's a bit better, but we're sloppy in our own end in most games. Giveaways making me go crazy. I'm not talking about against a hard-charging team. Unforced errors. 
uh, Kelsey and Drumheller. I'm sorry, I don't know that there's a lot of hidden meaning behind Sutter's words. What he said was just the truth. Even on a good day, the Flames are nowhere near the Avs. Uh, this one says, uh, again, your number one goalie is playing like doggy do. He's the biggest issue right now. The old Markstrom, this team would be fine. Conversations you're having now wouldn't even exist. I, again, you can have, there's the convert, the narrative about Markstrom this season isn't going to go away, but I have no, I'm not, I'm just not going there last night. And, you know, Hayes texts in and says, you're missing the point. This team plays differently with Ladar and Net." Goal is significantly different with the two. Yeah, I understand that, but you still you're still going to play Markstrom, and is it not on the team to play as equally good, but in front of both goalies? I don't understand that. So because the team plays better in front of Ladar, we're just not going to play Markstrom anymore. And again, Markstrom was not the problem last night. Watch that first period. And try to find a positive. The positive was that it wasn't eight nothing, because it could have been the way Colorado was going, and because of how flat Calgary was. Uh, Promise we'd hear from him. Here's Blake Coleman. He spoke to the media last night. Very honest assessment of uh, his group, and knowing what's coming on Saturday, his former team, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they'll need to get back on track uh, to have a rebound game coming up on Saturday afternoon. Thoughts on the performance tonight? It's uh, uh, come off the road trip. Obviously, um, you know you want to have that uh, that good start at home and that good first period, and we didn't have it. I think uh, honestly, they they kicked our ass a little bit in the first, and um, you know no excuse for it. Put yourself in a hole like that against a, a team that's been there and done that. I think uh, you know it's gonna be hard to climb out of those. Um, you know the effort to fight back was there, but. You know, at this point, we're not looking for effort to fight back. Daryl Sutter mentioned to us that uh, the abs are essentially a different class. What do you think you guys have to do to eventually get to that level of the way that the Avalanche play? Well, I think we have. I think we have the same class in terms of players and and potential as a team. I think they're playing up to their to their name and who they are, and I think we're uh, we're just not there yet. I think. Um, been few and far between in, in the games that uh, it's been there and you know we're still for whatever reason just the consistency's not good enough that start was not good enough um, like I said it's uh, you're not looking for moral victories at this point of the year we need wins we need points we need to climb the standings um, they were they were hungrier than us they were better than, uh, early on and and they won the game in the first you know 15 minutes like is it worrisome that past the halfway point this kind of is a recurring theme, consistency, not playing 60 minutes, that sort of thing? It uh, can be, or, you know, we could rattle off uh, four in a row, go into the all-star break, feeling really good about where we're at. So, um, you know, we're not going to sit and, and uh, be sad about a loss. I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned, uh, myself included. I can be, I can be a lot better, and, um, you know, winners, you know, find ways to respond and, and draw that line in the sand and um, you look at them you know they had injuries they've, they've had some losses and they've uh, they found a way to turn it around and, and uh, have had no excuses so there's no reason we shouldn't be able to do the same. In, in your experience because you guys want to prove to be in the same class as them can, can you take something from a night like tonight? Well like I said they kicked their ass early and 
and it was a measuring stick game, and we didn't have it. So the good news is Tampa's coming in a couple of days, and uh, I look at that game the exact same way, and you know I look for us to have a much better response. There you go, Flames forward Blake Coleman speaking to the media last night. Uh, his former team, the Tampa Bay Lightning, in town Saturday as part of Hockey Day in Canada. The Flames with an afternoon matchup at the Scotiabank Saddledome. 1 p.m. puck drop. That means a 12 o'clock Flames warm-up with Lou and uh, Pat Steinberg right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. We'll take a break, come back on the other side. Speaking of Hockey Day in Canada, one of the premier faces for Sportsnet uh, who's going to be in Owen Sound and uh, help us celebrate what should be an awesome day uh, of hockey across the country. Cassie Campbell-Pascal, she's going to join the program next. We'll talk a little bit of Hockey Day in Canada. I'm sure we'll get her thoughts on the Flames and more. That's coming up next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour two rolling on here on Sportsnet Today. Sportsnet 960 The Fan along with you is Logan Gordon. Cam and Taylor are here. Brody on the Beat is here. Still don't know why Brody on the Beat is here, but he's here. Hi, hi, Broads. Hi, I don't know why I'm here either. You're always here. Just a good little worker bee. You know where else you'll be, Alex? What's that? You're going to be at the Beer League game. Oh, yeah. Cam and Taylor, you're going to be at the Beer League game, too. Be right there. We will see you there, hopefully. Uh, A reminder that our Beer League broadcast is coming up. It's back. It's ready to go. We got our assignments our promotions coordinator, Ashley, has sent in assignments, wardrobes, everything. She gave you a pretty big role. I think, or I think our boss did, but I, I think she put it on paper. You have to be involved. You have to do work things. You get a, you get a big job. You work on the scoreboard. Definitely not going to rig it for our team. Of course you are. Totally not going to have every goal that our team scores worth two points. Exactly. Like basketball. Yeah, sorry, Brody, on the beat. As you say, do I have to be moved to the scoreboard just so Bad we news for you here. Keep it even? Put the afternoon show's team in charge of all the scorekeeping, and guess who's going to win? See what happens. Uh, this is a beer league game. This wonderful beer league broadcast happening at Winsport Event Center Thursday, February 2nd. We've got the Whalers and the Lushes. They've got new jerseys provided by Tuxedo Source for Sports. And they're going for the title of 2023 Sportsnet 960 Beer League Champions. You can come down and watch the game. We're at the Mark and McPhail Center. You can witness the below-average hockey. Doors at 6.30, puck drop at 7. Somehow we've convinced Brent Cron to be one of our celebrity refs. Paul Cruz as well is going to join us. It's going to be a cafe serving drinks and snacks for everybody. We're going to have some intermission games too. Uh, I might have got an inkling as to what some of our intermission games might be. You can win some pretty cool prizes if you're going to come down. There's uh, parking available. And if you can't make it down, you're in the car, you're listening online. Georgie, Matt, and Pat are going to be your outstanding play-by-play team. So 
we're looking forward to that. This event proudly sponsored by Wild Rose Brewery. Wild Rose Brewery is your home for quality craft beer in Alberta. Find it in pubs, restaurants, and liquor stores around this great province. Or check out their tap room in southwest Calgary seven days a week. Now, Broads, you were new-ish to the station the last event we had in the summer, which was Slow Pitch. Yeah, I was like a week in, pretty much. I believe you worked during the day. Yeah, I did the Jays game right before it. And then you came out and you were nice enough to watch for a little bit and help us clean up the mess. And now this time, Cam and Taylor are the newbies. I'm so excited. It's your first Sportsnet 960 event. Cam's excited. Oh, yeah. I don't know if Taylor's excited. You know, I'm a little nervous. I Nervous? Yes. I don't know what to expect. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, there's going to be a hockey game. Really? Yeah, a couple of beer league teams are going to play. Damn, good game. Are you sure about that one? No, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'll uh, have to take your word for that yeah, one. Yeah, that'll happen. That's for sure going to happen. You're going to do some social media stuff. I don't even... What are you doing, Brody? I didn't even... I, I didn't read enough. I, I feel like I'm the new person because I got the lowest job. I'm the usher. I get to usher people in. That is far from the lowest job. I think that's the most important job, really. You also get to be the in-stand reporter. Yeah, and I'm supposed to be giving the Whalers a, a pregame speech. I don't know if I can do that. Really? Yeah. But we've got, here, I'll show you this. Logo. We got Boom Boom from the Whalers. He wants me to give him a pregame, pregame speech. Check it out on my Twitter. You're going to need uh, you're gonna have a to, lot of help there. Yeah, you're going to have to steal it off of TikTok or from I was going to say, like, what, what movies are you <laughs> oh. planning on? Like, what Ted Lasso speech are you planning to uh, completely steal from? You know, I think I'm going to be original, and I think I'll, I don't even need inspiration. I, I, wow. I, I played sports. I was the captain of my soccer team. I've got the personal ability. Uh, but if I had to get inspiration, hmm. You think you're a motivator, hey? You think you've got the words to inspire the Whalers to a victory, eh? I, I think we've, we've, been, we've been bantering with, with, the, with the team, with the Whalers. I think they're ready to play for us. You know, they, they know what's on the line between the morning show and the afternoon show. And I'm telling you, this pregame speech is going to change the game. In case you didn't know, the Whalers and the Lushes are one and one against each other this season. I've heard that yeah, rumor. So this will be this is going to be a big game, and team team Whalers. I do like That's that good. there's some familiarity between the two. I got to admit, I'm very happy that these teams know each other. Um, now that doesn't mean that's a good thing. It could be a terrible thing. They could absolutely hate each other, and we've got Brent Cron as a referee, so. It's not like I'm expecting some really tough penalties in this thing. Well, the more chaos, the better, I think. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking here. Is is that as long as there's some form of madness that goes on, one way or another, as long as it's like line brawls, like as long as Brody's not out there having to break up a fight or something, <laughs> we need to get a Croner mic'd up for that game. No, we don't. We 100% do. No, we don't. We'd be kicked off the air so fast. I will interview Kron because I'm going to do bench interviews and between the the benches things, I will interview him at some point. But in no way, shape, or form is miking up Brent Kron 
smart sensor idea. Butter. First of all, sensor button already. Yeah, yeah. First of all, it's just gonna be a lot of heavy breathing. And we're asking him to skate for sixty minutes. It's not good. And second of all, I don't know how many times it's been since the last time he came on and dropped an f bomb on me and Pat. So that's a bad idea. Although it should be fun. Like, I mean, Kron's entertaining as hell. I'll give him that. I just don't expect him to call a lot of penalties. I don't expect him to skate a lot. And I expect his beer consumption at the beer league game to probably match that of those who are playing. If I'm being honest. So if he does call penalties, they're not probably not going to be right. Well, then that's the other thing, too, is is I know Croner played at the highest level, but I mean, I don't know how up to date his his rule book is. What is Cron going to let these guys get away with? I don't know the answer. Pretty much everything. That's the problem. Plus, if one of the Whalers or the Lushes were to do something like bribe Brent Cron, I think Brent is the kind of character that might be susceptible to that kind of tomfoolery. Brent Cron, if you are listening, please message me. Let me know what it will take. Yeah, we're all we're pro we're pro afternoon show here. We're not putting any false narratives in your head with pregame speeches. We're gonna let our guys do what they do. We don't need to influence the lushes. Okay, Alex, we don't need to sit here and Put, you know what you're doing? You're putting false pressure on them. That's what you're doing. You're just going to make it worse for them. Cam and I will give a better pregame speech. Cam's already offered to give guys massages. Um, pre-game massages to help nope. limber them up. Nope. Not doing that. That's what we're willing to do. We're not going to go out with some false, you know, it's us or them. It's the, it's the line in the sand BS. We're committed. Right, Cam? You think I'm committed to this job? Just wait till you see this game. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. He's going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys going to give pregame massages to your team? Nope. That's sweaty, hairy dude you just showed me from your uh, your team. Hey, You're going to give him a massage? That's Boom Boom. Put some respect on his name. Boom Boom. It's Whaler's legend, Boom Boom, right there. I do love the picture. I do love that we've gotten the interaction between these two teams. So... Uh, as chaotic as this has been, uh, only imagine what the game is going to be. And remember, that's coming up in just a couple weeks' time. The Beer League game is back, and it's brought to you by our friends at Wild Rose Brewery. February 2nd, and you don't have to worry about it. We've planned it during the NHL break. There's no flames, nothing going on. But the perfect night, the whole 960 crew is going to be there. So come out, watch these two teams, have fun with the intermission games. And uh, we'll enjoy uh, what should be another great Beer League broadcast live on our airwaves. Remember, Matt, George, and Pat are going to handle the play-by-play of the Beer League game right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Uh, A couple cool stories from the NHL last night uh, that I wanted to talk about. We've been pretty negative today. Lots of doom and gloom around the Calgary Flames following that loss last night. But... Uh, a really cool moment last night for Steven Stamkos. 
as he becomes the 11th first overall pick in NHL history to reach the 500 goal mark. He does it in pretty amazing fashion with a hat trick against the Vancouver Canucks. And I don't know. uh, Steven Stamkos is one of those guys that I think we have a lot of respect for and is, I think is valued around the league. But as I was saying to Sam earlier, Steven Stamkos is one of those guys that's not, is so easy to like in the NHL. He went through some really tough injury times back when we played best on best hockey and we used to go to the Olympics and team Canada used to put out a team and the U S used to put out a team. Those, those were actual days, Alex, you might not, you're too young. You might not remember those, but we used to play best on best hockey on a pretty regular basis. And we would have guys like Steven Stamkos and Sidney Crosby and all these guys on the same team at the same time. And it was amazing. But Steven Stamkos got hurt. He broke his leg. He wasn't able to be out there. He had some really tough times. Like when Tampa Bay drafted Steven Stamkos, they were awful. They were brutal. They wore these ugly, ugly jerseys. They were years removed now from their Stanley Cup victory in 04. And they stunk up the building. And now they've built it all back. And it's really been on the back of Steven Stamkos. And there's a lot of great players there now. Don't get me wrong. Vasilevsky's great. I still think Braden Point is one of the most underrated players in the National Hockey League. Nikita Kucherov doesn't get the the kind of respect that he deserves because he's gotten hurt the last couple of seasons too, but he puts up points really at a pace sometimes only secondary to Connor McDavid in the NHL. That's how good Nikita Kucherov has been. And they've got great players in Tampa Bay, but they don't get to this point and they don't get to three state three, three straight, excuse me, Stanley Cup finals, winning two of them if Steven Stamkos doesn't go through the hard years and doesn't grind out for this team for as long as he does. So congratulations to Steven Stamkos last night. A really, really cool honor for him to get 500 goals. And again, as Sammy Cosentino told us in uh, hour one when we were talking about this, think about with all the injuries that he's gone through, maybe we were talking about 600 goals at this point, not 500. Because Steven Stamkos... Back in 2011, 2020, 60 goals. And looked like he was set to be the premier scorer in the NHL. But, you know, you've got years in there, 48 games, 37, 17. Those are going to hurt your totals. But still, uh, 1,024 points now for Steven Stamkos in 965 games. 502 goals, 522 assists, and by the way, just a casual uh, 91 points in 117 playoff games for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So congratulations to uh, to Steven Stamkos. Uh, and as this texter says, uh, highly recommend you check out the insurance commercial with Stamkos, uh, Hedman, and their kids. Funny stuff. Yeah, it's a great one. I don't know if you've seen that uh, one or not. Have you guys seen that, Cam? Taylor, have you seen that Steven Stamkos? No, I haven't. Uh, I got to look that up. Yet. Okay, well, you guys are going to do this. I know, Brody, you've seen it, haven't you? Yeah, I can see it because yeah. you're smiling. 
uh, through the microphone. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's just a really good ad for an insurance company, but the personality with their kids comes out, and uh, it's really funny. So maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow and see if you guys can find it. I'll try to find the link and send it to you. It was hilarious. Got it right here if you want me to play it. Uh, no, because we don't. I don't know what our connections are to an insurance company and fair point copyright things. A lot of legalities behind that. Yeah, so I appreciate that, but I'll I'll let you guys watch that in. Uh, your own private time, and then you check up on it later. The, yeah, you can let the know uh, the texter know at nine six zero nine six zero how you uh, how you felt about that one. So that was a cool one last night. NHL scoreboard tonight. It's a very very busy day uh, across the NHL scoreboard on this Thursday. Starting it off, you've got the Jets and the Maple Leafs uh, kicking things off at five o'clock. That should be a great one. Looking forward to uh, to seeing what the Maple Leafs have in store. They've been uh, in a tough spot already to start the year because while they've played so well, that division is is already seemingly set with Boston and Tampa Bay. It looks like we're destined, depending on how the second half of the season goes, to see Toronto and Tampa Bay in round one again. That's got to be nightmare fuel for Maple Leafs fans at this point. Interesting notes tonight. Uh, across the league, perhaps we're on trade watch in Minnesota. The Minnesota Wild uh, announcing today that Matt Dumba is going to be a healthy scratch for tonight's game against the Carolina Hurricanes. He's been, of course, in trade rumors for that team for a very long time, um, given his reasonable contract and the fact that he is going to be a UFA next year, that the Minnesota Wild simply cannot afford given their cap troubles uh, because of the buyouts of Parise and Suter. Um, Dean Evison saying, hockey decision, not injury. We had a really good meeting. He knows why he's sitting out tonight. So, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a very to-the-point answer. Could it be a trade? It wouldn't stun me if it's a trade. They, that's a guy they, they can't afford. That's what that's what was going to happen when they made those buyouts is there were going to be tough decisions on the other side, and this is one of them. But welcome to you know the cap world reality, guys. What are you going to get back in return? Minnesota 25-14-4, third in their division right now. You'd probably like to get a useful player back that maybe is at a more reasonable cap hit. How doable is that right now? I don't know, but Matt Dumba will not play tonight for the Minnesota Wild. They are in Carolina, so to take on the Hurricanes, that's another 5 o'clock start. Tampa Bay, the next opponent of the Calgary Flames, they're in action again tonight. Their back-to-backs coming uh, not between Edmonton and Calgary, but rather Vancouver and Edmonton. So they win last night in Vancouver. They're into Edmonton tonight for a 7 p.m. puck drop on Sportsnet West. Yessi uh, Pujarvi expected to be a healthy scratch for the second straight night for the Edmonton Oilers. That situation looks as though it's finally destined for a breakup. Um, and let's be honest, it's kind of been destined for a breakup for a very long time now. This is a guy that left the organization and went back to Finland for a year. That's that's never a good indicator. 
Now things changed and he came back to the group, but it's never been it's never been the fit that Puyarvi hoped for. It's never been the fit the Oilers have hoped for. They've tried to move him at different times. It doesn't sound as though if and when he gets moved, that's going to talk about a considerable return for Yessi Puyarvi. But I wonder what exactly. I, I, I am generally curious if if Jesse Puyarvi is in a similar spot to to what Sam Bennett was as a member of the Calgary Flames, where yes, they're both fourth overall picks. It, it just for whatever reason is not going to work in Edmonton. There's been flashes. His best career year was last year. He's a 36-point player. He's still only 24. He's a right shot. He's six foot four. Is he a bit goofy, a bit goofy character? Yeah, sure. But I think there's a good hockey player there. There just hasn't been a fit for for the Edmonton Oilers. So that's another one to to watch out for tonight uh, on the NHL schedule. A couple of late games. You got the Stars and the Kings. Jason Robertson hit thirty goals for the first uh, for the, another time in his career. Uh, they're taking on the Kings. If you're a Flames fan, you're probably hoping that Dallas can pick up a win there, keep the Kings uh, within striking distance. We've got the Devils and the Seattle Kraken in Seattle. Another eight o'clock start tonight. Seattle now on a two-game losing streak after their long winning streak. Devils looking look now. They're back in red hot once again. They've won five in a row. Busy night uh, in the Pacific Division. Uh, teams around the Flames to keep an eye on. This is a tough one for, for the Flames. You're just hoping for no overtime between the Predators and the Blues. That one, a 6 p.m. puck drop. You've got the Islanders and the Sabres. Mentioned the Wild and the Hurricanes already, but you've got the Panthers and the Habs as well. If you missed it yesterday, we talked about this. Uh, Montreal putting out uh, an injury release yesterday. Five different players were offered up uh, with injury news yesterday, including first overall pick Uri Slavkovsky with a lower body left knee injury that's likely to end his rookie season. Uh, Panthers in a tough run to make the playoffs in the Eastern uh, Conference themselves. They're coming off a loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs in overtime, and uh, you might remember going and hearing from Paul Maurice post-game after that game in Toronto. Uh, the NHL announcing about uh, 45 minutes ago or so that he's been fined $25,000 for comments about officiating during a media availability. Following the game in Toronto on Tuesday, that fine money goes to the NHL Foundation. So Paul Maurice's wallet a little bit lighter uh, after some fairly poignant comments about what he saw in Toronto. Uh, they're back in action, like I said, against Montreal. Your first game of the night um, is disgusting, and I, I wouldn't recommend watching it in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the Ducks and the Blue Jackets, that is the Connor Bedard Bowl. There's actually a couple of Connor Bedard-ish games tonight. Blackhawks, Flyers, that's another one. Blue Jackets, Ducks, no thank you. Uh, Sportsnet 360 is a great game. If you're interested, the Bruins 
Then the New York Rangers are facing off. That could be a potential playoff matchup in the East. That should be a good one. So uh, busy January 19th on the uh, NHL schedule. Uh, before we kick things off here, though, and end things off, uh, Brody, you've been texting with your uh, your comrades. Yeah, I got, got to say, Whalers, listen in right now, text it in. Where are the Lushes right now? What's going on? Working? Yeah, where are the Lushes right now? Working? Hey. A jobs? I'm I'm working right now. No, you're not. <laughs> Don't lie to me. Don't lie to our boss. I'm just, the Whalers, they they know what's up. And look, I have respect for the Whalers. Don't get me wrong. I love them. I love that they're big listeners of the station. But we've set we've drawn a line in the sand and until puck drop until after the game that final whistle goes, Alex. I'm I'm team Lushes, so Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't be if if they didn't text in. Hmm. Just gotta say, but let's go whale let's go whalers. I just love the text from Boom Boom. You're talking Gordy Howe Hattrick for Boom Boom. You know what Gordy Howe Hattrick would insinuate a fight. We were right? talking Kron's refing. Like Kron might start the fight. Let's be real. Well, that's unfortunately true. Uh, thank you to our guests today, Sam Cosentino and Peter Labardius. Appreciate them joining us uh, this afternoon. Uh, if you missed anything, you can catch it up on the podcast, uh, Google, Amazon, Spotify, wherever you get your uh, favorite podcasts from, it'll be up there. Uh, you can also check out the website, sportsnet.ca slash 960. Coming up tomorrow, we have our weekly chat with Adnan Verk. We'll check in with Lou once again and see what's coming up uh, on the weekend between the Flames and the Tampa Bay Lightning. For outstanding production team, Cam and Taylor, thanks for listening, even for uh, Alex Brody. Thanks to you guys and the Whalers for listening. We appreciate you. Coming up next, you don't want to miss it, Haley Salvian's got an hour of Hockey Central 960. Hockey PDO cast still to come. And Pat Steinberg's got Flamestock. All of that and more coming up next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.